leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boom. Hi, Barnett. Ian Harris. The revolution is not afraid of pronouns. The revolution is not afraid of real history. The revolution is not brought to you by election deniers. Hey, man, some people are simply trash. The revolution will not be brought to you by gerrymandered districts. 90% of our country doesn't have critical thinking skills. I think 50% of our country doesn't have empathy. Ian Harris is good as fuck with numbers. I refuse to stand for a flag or anthem that does not stand for me. The revolution will not be brought to you by the letter Q or any other dumbass conspiracies. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new... Every time we think we ain't got shit to talk about, we got shit to talk about. Episode of Critical and Thinking Podcast, Ty Barnett. Ian Harris, and as you can see, we've got a special guest, uh, apparently from the Branch Davidian compound, uh, <laughs> Sam Slade, in the house again. Yep, yeah, we, we have to say, you know, you, you said that your, your place with the wood paneling there, it looks like your whole getup today, I'm going to be honest with you, like the wood, your hair's kind of slicked back, you got the glasses, you got the mustache, you've got the blue, pol- for some reason, the blue button-up polo shirt. The whole thing, you need to put that hat on in the back there, and then you could be like, uh, hey there, kids. Hey there, kids. Okay there, here's what the deal is. We got comedy specials and history of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Come back to my compound, all right? Instead of of hoarding assault rifles, it's just mostly bobblehead dolls. Yeah, and Italian beef sandwiches. That's right there, the Chicago dog for everybody. (laughs) To, uh, to friends and family of the show, you know who he is, Sam Slay. He's been on the show many, many times. He's pitched in for my, myself and as well as Ian, and he's been a guest multiple times. He's a very, really good friend of the show, and he has a comedy special that will be coming out very soon. So um, we're going to lead off with that, and by, just everybody knows, believe me, here's another reason why it's great to have Sam on the show because he can talk entertainment and he can talk news. So don't worry, we will get to all the fucked up shit that's still going on in the government in a little bit. So Sam, tell them uh, about what you got coming up. Man, I've got to tell you, it's been a it's been a busy new year so far. First of all, I got to thank you guys for having me on. It's the first time I've got to, we've got to do the whole uh, menage a trois here. Usually I just, I just pinch hit for one of you guys. Uh, coming off the bench, rip those those snap pants off and run right in with you guys. Uh, I like to think of myself as the Austin Reeves of this podcast. All right, uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> he's my hero. Uh, I've got a. I just wrapped Walker season three. Uh, still the best hair on CW. I want to make that clear. I don't care what Jared Paddle like he has to say about it. Uh, and then I've got uh, Love and Death comes out on HBO, uh, April 27th, starring Lizzie Olsen and Jesse Plemons. I play uh, assistant district attorney uh, Bill Schultz, and uh, I'm part of the worst legal team in history who let off, uh, let a, well, I don't want to spoil it. 
but somebody's on trial for axe murder and someone gets off for axe murder. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, I'm right now, I'm getting ready for uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday after the Sunday after the Oscars. Uh, once we all get rid of our little children or tar hangover, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm doing my first ever comedy album at this really cool theater in New Braunfels, Texas, just a little bit, a little north. Of, it's kind of the midway point between San Antonio and Austin. Uh, don't get lost. You'll end up at Leatherface's place. Uh, but it's at Silver. Is that the name of the special? No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> he's producing. Uh, uh, he's editing, right? He's good with cutting. Uh, Hilarious. Uh, no, it's called. It's just called uh, Sam Slade's comedy album, and I'm gonna do a, a nice tight hour of true stories, uh, a little bit of politics, not a whole lot. This is mostly me retiring uh, all the crazy true stories uh, from the last uh, 20 years of of having one foot in comedy, one foot in politics. Uh, really quick, uh, it was posted here that uh, that Sam looks like a 70s porno producer. Oddly enough, I was actually when you were telling all the, all those all your credits, I was gonna share your IMDb link. So I really quick while we were talking here, I went and, and went to IMDb. There's there's like seven Sam Slades. Yeah, what the fuck is that? But, I don't but know check this out. Check this out. Sam Slade one stars in a in a porn called Hung Lads, butt slamming monster cocks. Well, I can I can uh, assure you, uh, I did not get a callback for Hung Lads monster cocks. So so I so I don't so if you look on IMDb for that stuff, I think that's the other Sam Slade. Although. Yeah. The porno look might, I don't know, you might confuse people. It might be. Uh, I'll usually have to play the cuck in the film, I guess, uh, oh. just based on uh, physical attributes. Uh, no, there's. I did one independent film called, uh, it was funny, it was an orgy scene, but it was a comedy, so it wasn't like a real orgy, obviously. They didn't get method with it. Uh, but somebody made me, it was called Silverfish. Uh, I never saw it, so I can't comment it, but I think that is the IMDb that somebody set up for me. But I need a real one. It's time, guys. I'm pushing forty. It's time for real IMDb. Let's yeah, get serious. Yeah, man. Come on, bro. You got enough credits? I mean, you're on network TV, Ty. You're fucking crushing it over there. Oh man, it's it's been it's been uh, crazy. Um, yeah, it was a good episode. Last, huh? The last week was a good episode. Last yeah, and then so the the second episode aired last night, uh, which is great. I, I man, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I still, as a stand up, I in my head, I'm always like. I, I gotta just let the work be the work. But we're so used to as stand-ups, when we tell the joke, we get the reaction right away. Right. And acting has still been this thing I've had to get used to putting the project out there, doing the work, putting the project out there, and just letting it be what it is. And so watching it last night, I was like, okay, all right. I, yeah, I'm in the scene. Good. Good. <laughs> look like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay, good, 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 good. And, and so Last night's episode was good as I, I liked it personally um, because it felt uh, grounded in what I wanted to do with the character. They cut a couple parts, but you know, it is what it is. You got to do shit for time. Right. She thought about you, Ian, when, when I watched it because I was like, uh, I wonder if they cut how much they cut for driving, which drive, drove the story, what they cut for, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So right. it was all these different things. Um, but yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance, to check it out. It's called A Million Little Things. Um, episode last week aired, uh, so it's out there streaming. You can find it. Last night's episode is available. So uh, great cast and crew. Man, when I tell you I got spoiled by them motherfuckers, it was an amazing process. So check it out. A Million Little Things. My character's name is uh, Evan. And so, um, yeah, check it out when you get a chance.
Uh, did we it's lose just one? so cool seeing you and all those shots with that great, you know, network TV has that different that different look about it, you, you know? Like Man. it looks like it's like real sitcom stuff. It, it is, and, and what I love about it is, is what they do, um, their process and how they get shit done is so different from commercial acting. It's so different from, you know, the, the sit there and wait. When they say, this is what time we need you on set. This is what time you're shooting. This is what time you're done. Because everything is a schedule. So I love that part of it. Um, and like I said, to work with such a great cast and crew of people, I mean, I'm talking about everybody from the director to the person that was bringing snacks was fucking fantastic. And, and anybody who's been on a set with me knows I respect the snack guy. That's it. Oh, my God. Dude, I, I, let me tell you something. I've been doing this for I don't know how many years, and I still get excited by free food. It's not like getting spoiled on a set. I did the, the HBO thing, and I had like three weeks or something on set straight. And I get home and uh, Tara Brown, who's producing my uh, one of the producers on my my little album and uh, the co-host of Weirdos at Home that we're hoping oh, to get yeah, back yeah. up and running. With a Monday, the first Monday, I'm not going back to the HBO set. She's like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm running out the door, run some errands. Uh, let me know, you know, if just heads up if anything's going on. And I'm like, babe, could you uh, could you could you bring me a cheese steak? And she was like, what the who do you think you are? I know, man. It's it's hard. It is hard not to get used to. Like, yeah, I will take a, I will take a cappuccino. Sure, I, I will. I, I, I do feel like a cappuccino. Well, you know, you're getting spoiled time when you turn to like uh, stylists or costume people out of cockiness, going like, "Could you grab me a double espresso?" And they're like, "No, uh -huh. I'm trying to make yeah. you look presentable." That's all. I, that's not my job, sir. <laughs> uh, to everybody uh, who just joined us, by the way, thank you to everybody that has joined us. Tam, Curtis, Zen. Uh, Chuck, what up, Chuck? How you feeling, man? Uh, Joe, what's going on? What's going on? Edmund uh, and J.E., of course. Uh, we're talking to Sam Slade, friend of the show, friend in general. He's talking about his comedy special that he has coming up. Also, the other projects that he has going on. So we'll come back to your special in a little bit. And I'm assuming we'll get Ian back in a little bit. But let's jump into, uh, let's stay in the vein of comedy specials. You know, of course, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Chris Rock special, uh, Selective Outrage. Have you seen it? I have seen it. I watched it live. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, I watched it a couple of days ago. And if anyone else here has seen it, uh, we'd love to give you, get your opinions on this thing as possible, uh, on the specials uh, as well. My, my, well, you know what? What were your initial thoughts on it? What'd you think? Uh, a couple things. One, he's Chris Rock. He's one of the goats. So for me to be too critical and overthink this uh, would be out of my lane. Uh, you know, I would not be qualified uh, to really get on his ass like some people have. I loved uh, the way he handled the Will Smith deal, and I loved uh, I loved the kind of the pre-show, the pre-game thing. That was a lot of fun with Arsenio and Dana and David Spade and all those guys. Um, the little, the little, uh, it was almost like the video they did for Kobe when he retired of everybody at the beginning, all these A-list celebrities basically being like, we're team Chris Rock. Not, we're not rolling with Will Smith. From Woody Harrelson, like in his bathroom, he looks like he was in front of a shower curtain to McConaughey on a, like a full studio set, everybody in between. It was, I love that opening. Uh, the white Doc Martens kind of threw me off. Uh, but I know the whole look, I love the Prince necklace as a man who wears flamboyant jewelry himself. I'm, you know what? We're gonna put a pin in that Doc Martens thing because I, I got to research this because I don't I don't want to speak on it without knowing. But a friend of mine told me yesterday that there is white supremacy tied to do white Doc Martens. No, 
then again, I I'm just telling you what. So let's, but we'll we'll talk about that. I, I can I can tell you all about that stuff if you want. Okay, but, cool, 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 cool. No, I don't know where. I, sorry, I don't. I have no idea what happened to my internet. It just shut down in the middle of nowhere. So oh, we good, we good. Don't worry about it. We, we just we just literally just started talking about Chris Rock special. Sam gave his opinion on it. I here's my thing. And, and, and this is what we have to do as entertainers, as people, fans as well. We can't always, we can't compare original works to what someone does down the road. There will never be another Bring the Pain. That's done. That's That right. day is gone. That ship is sailed. Just like there will never be another Killing Them Softly. That doesn't mean that Dave Chappelle isn't still funny as fuck. It doesn't mean that Chris Rock isn't still funny as fuck. This special, I felt was a grown man talking about his personal shit that was going on with him. This is one of it, Chris Rock's last two specials have been very, very, very personal. Like, like, and, and, and he puts us, he talks about some general stuff, but he puts such a personal spin on them. And I'll tell you, honestly, I did not fall over laughing. It wasn't like, Oh my God, this shit is the funny thing. No, it wasn't that, but it wasn't bad. It was just like, oh, okay, all right, cool. I like that. I like, I see where he's going with that. That was funny. All right, good, good. Um, the Will Smith stuff, to me, I know a lot of people tuned in really just for the Will Smith stuff. And I felt like he touched on it in, in a way that you would expect a comedian who was still really hurt by what happened to do. He, right. he, he said, hey, man, yeah, everybody saw what the fuck happened. Does it hurt? It still hurts. But let me tell you why it hurts. Him and Will Smith were friends. Him and they, they were all cool at some point. And he broke down so many different elements to that, that situation that you couldn't help but look at it and be like, damn, okay. But no, it wasn't the like, it wasn't like, you know how we do, Ian, when we talk about laughs per minute or laughs per right. second, whatever. It, it's not that. But it's still not bad. Go ahead, man. Your opinion? Well, I, I think the one thing that threw me is that I saw a couple of people, our friend Corey, who mentioned that Dave Chappelle started out with a conservative-leaning comedy special. And I saw all these conservative, like, all these, like, <coughs> lots of guys that I just can't stand on Facebook that are trolls that are always like, free speech, why can't I say the N-word? You know, they were like, this first 10 minutes is fire. And they're like, the rest of it sucked, but the first 10 minutes was fire. And I was like, Wow, what did Chris did Chris Rock go in there and be like, kill black people? Let's murder yeah. the Jews. Like, what did he do? Like, that made these white white uh, Republicans so happy. And then I watched it and I realized people don't get people don't actually pay attention. I already knew this, but people don't pay attention to what somebody's actually saying. All those and and here's the thing: if you're a conservative and you think those first ten minutes were conservative, then you are not paying attention. No. To what the fuck liberals are saying now look if you're a liberal and you think that was conservative you're not paying attention to what the majority of liberals are saying political correctness so what 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 the right keeps calling woke is some extreme version of political correctness but every every comedian i know is liberal uh, every good one i've never met a, uh, i really maybe met one conservative funny person ever um but dennis miller <laughs> well, Dennis Miller was 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 my favorite comic until he became conservative. Then he's not. I just don't find him funny anymore. Right. That being said, I think that people think because he he said woke, but then he described what he meant by woke. Yeah. He goes, I don't mean woke as racist douchebag, blah 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 blah. I don't remember what he said, but it was 
he goes, if you mean if you mean woke is political correct out of control, yes. But guess what, assholes? Everybody I know is against that. Even it's only a very small fringe of really left people that are like, you can't say that. It might it's that words are assault. There's a very small group of people that say that. The majority of people on the left, the majority of comedians, the majority of Democrats, the majority of people in the center are like, hey, let's be nice. If somebody wants to be called they, call them they. We're not trying to be mean and go, no, you're a he. But we're also not over here going, those words are hurtful and that's assault. There's very few people doing that. And, and, and the thing is all these guys on the right are nowadays are like, all you liberals, you're you're the you're this extreme woke, and 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 everyone's that way. Anyone that's 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 left of Hitler is is woke, and they're like, and 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 their version of that is not. Hey, well, that person wants to be called they. Let's call them they. There's like, why can't I say the N word? I just want to. I want to be able to call them whatever I want. And it's like, is there? No, there's no fucking nuance. And I'm watching this going because I'm like, Chris Chris Rock is a conservative. He, he, he executive produced Kamau Bell's special or his TV show. As far as I know, he's pretty left. He's like centerish left. But all he did is he went after political correctness. Right. Well, duh, we all go after political correctness. I've been, you know, Ty, we, I've had people want to fight me after. I wish they would have done it on stage. So I'm obviously not woke. People are always upset about what I say. It's just a matter of who I'm upsetting. Am I upsetting the Christian right wing or am I upsetting the, there's always people you're going to upset. And this idea that he did something that was like, right-wing anti-woke for 10 minutes is nonsense because he immediately then goes, but you idiots who think I'm talking to you now are idiots and you're the dumbest lying motherfuckers on the planet. And I don't know how you anybody watched that and walked, first off, if you said the first 10 minutes were great and the rest sucked, I know what you, you I know what you're thinking. I can see where there was a period where it lost me because I'm not really big into basketball and certain things like that. So there was a few topical things that I was like, I don't really pay attention to what he's talking about here. So it's not that it's not funny. I just don't get the references or whatever. And that's fine. Um, but all that first 20, 30 minutes of like, you know, the selective outrage, that's not a right left thing. It really isn't. Most people I know don't like selective outrage. And by the way, right-wingers, you are the worst at selective outrage. They, they, that's what I'm saying. They, they did not get the reference that they are the worst at selective outrage. They didn't get that. It's weird that right. the conservatives didn't understand that. Um, Sam, so where would you put it, you know, in, in as, as someone that, you know, especially someone that's getting ready to do a special now, because my thought process, I looked at it in two different ways. I looked at it from... Uh, comedian standpoint and I looked at it I try to look at it from as a fan standpoint as well because you know I was a fan of Chris Rock before I was officially a professional comedian if I'm if I'm not mistaken yes um so I looked at it like how would I write these jokes how was the pacing of the show and how was the audience being received because it was a lot of dead moments it was a lot of you know, just kind of like setting up stuff and, you know, repeating cadence, like, you know, women do this, women do this, whatever, whatever. How did you look at it in the sense of, well, his pacing, his subject matter, and overall keeping, because the audience was with him because he's Chris Rock. So go ahead. You know, uh, first, I just have to say, uh, Ian Harris coming in hot over here like a sexy John Heilman after a BLM March after party, babe. Uh, 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 for you. 
no, I, I don't think it was my favorite rock special. Um, but I love the personal stuff. Uh, as a guy who's uh, writing, you know, my whole hour is going to be uh, majority personal stuff. I really love him digging into that because it seems like over the years, uh, most of his stuff has been, you know, social commentary. And it's been talking about what's going on in politics and what's going on in pop culture. So to, right. hear, to see Ross kind of pull back the curtain a little bit about his own life, uh, I thought that was very cool. I thought that was really cool. Uh, it's a thing Chappelle uh, really doesn't do a lot at all. Um, but, it, you know, again, it's so daunting to get too critical about it because it's a guy that, you know, made you want to get up and try that first open mic, you mm -hmm. know? But uh, I, 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 you could obviously tell in the room it's fucking killing the whole time. And people are on the edge of the seat hanging on every word. And some of that might be because he's so uh, litigious about uh, waiting until he's ready to do another special. You know, it's not like Bill Burr where you get a Chris Rock special every year. You know, hate, or, by the way, I hate that because you get a bunch of half baked ass specials, in my opinion. Right. And, uh, you know, those guys, I mean, it's impressive. You pump them out. But, you know, what? do you want quantity or do you want quality at the end of the day? Right. So uh, it's and, you know, the good thing that people were talking about that was cool. He well, I'll say it's cool. But also, I've done it twice and Ty's done it. We, we've done it, too. But everyone was like, wow, it was unedited. It was one set like he fucked up his joke and he just kept going. He actually said, oh, I messed that joke up. And he kept going and they didn't edit it. And we were like, ooh, he did, a, he did an uncut special. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. But I'm like, shit, my last one was uncut. I went from beginning to end and, didn't, and it was one set. And it was, and it was, I mean, they cut to audience. We cut to audience and stuff, but it's like, but I think that's kind of cool. It does feel like it, it didn't feel edited. It felt like he was just up there talking for that time. And it felt like you were at a, at a real show. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing mine, uh, you know, one show, one take. Uh, part of that's just out of, not being able to afford a fancy editor. Uh, but I've got a great uh, production team from the guys from uh, Sharper Visuals here in town. It's a, a guy named uh, Jamal Fielder, who's, uh, he went to UT, really talented young guy. Uh, so we're just going to do it all one take. And uh, I imagine I'll probably fuck something up at some point. And by the way, I'll do my other dentist. Now, what, hey, uh, Sam Slade over here smoking like a pregnant Lauren Bobbert trying to own the libs. <laughs> <laughs> um good hey so you know um yeah and i i think you know um i think overall i mean it was good i just found it was so weird that it was like everyone had to have these weird opinions i mean and and it was you could i could tell it was going to be like he said something because it was everybody was posting those first, like all the all my right wing dude those first 10 minutes and i'm like well what happened to the last 10 minutes well then he called us out and we uh I, I think it's weird that you can hear his message and realize, like, let's say I'm politically, I'm a political right-wing dude, and I hear the first 10 minutes of Chris Rock, and I go, Chris Rock is a genius. He's absolutely right. Everything he said is spot on. He's amazing. He's perfect. Everything was fantastic for the right. first 10 minutes. Exactly. What happened after that? Well, after that, he said a bunch of stuff that was very much similar, but he also turned it on me and said why, why, why I was being a douchebag and why I was being inconsistent, why I had selective outrage, and I don't like it. Wait, so he was a genius 10 minutes ago, and then he was wrong. The same brain that wrote very similar jokes back to back, one was hilarious and one was bullshit. How does that not immediately red flag in your brain that you've got some sort of major problem, cognitive dissonance going on, that you can't recognize that these jokes or... You suffer from selective outrage. Right. Hey, nice plug. No, I'll say, hey, I've, I saw plenty of uh, uh, older liberal folks, you know, shitting all over it. 
And I think it's a good sign. I think Rock is doing what he needs to be doing if, if you got people on both sides bitching about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, or, or, or both sides enjoying it. Right, which I think that's, that's okay. I mean, we could all just re- fucking relax a little bit and realize it's a comedy special. <laughs> it's not a state of the union. Right. Exactly. And, you know, like I, um, like I said, it, it's not because uh, I'm, I'm pulling up a couple I'm things not. here really quick just so we can nope. I want to get everything together. I, this is why, like I said, when, when it comes to comedy now versus comedy five, six years ago before that fucking piece of shit was allowed to. Before that piece of shit was around. Um, I feel like everything could have been talked about in more of a creative artistic type form. Whereas now we are dissecting this in a woke, not woke, left, right versus type thing. And you're not going to be able to look at it through the same lens anymore because anything he says that, you know, offends liberals is going to be this. And he says anything that offends conservatives is going to be another thing. What we have to do is come to the, the understanding that the title of the special addresses everybody, everybody. Everybody, everybody has some sort of form of uh, selective outrage. When he mentioned the R. Kelly versus Michael Jackson, even though I will say as a person that has, like, I don't fuck with R. Kelly at all in any way, shape or form. I don't listen to his music, nothing. But if a Michael Jackson song comes on, I'll listen to it. Now, let me tell you why. Here's a difference. I don't have, there's no... Michael Jackson P tape. There is no 50 plus women, children coming out saying, this is what R. Kelly did this day. There's no list of enablers that came out and said, this is what Michael Jackson did this day. There's no tons of evidence that we can actually look at and see this thing right here. This is what he did. Speculation? Sure. There is speculation. So you can say, okay, well, I don't like it because he's speculating. I, I, I would, I would not get mad at a person if they said they don't listen to Michael Jackson because of the speculation. I would not get mad at a person for that. But they're not the same. R. Kelly actually should have been put in prison in the '90s. <laughs> in the '90s, he should have been put in but prison. My other thing too is like we talked about this before. It's I also can, on some level separate the art from the artist i don't think there's a a brilliant artist out there in the last thousand years that probably didn't wasn't had a lot of shitty stuff in the skeletons in the closet right you look back at probably every famous painter from van gogh to gogan to go to 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 monet they probably all did horrible shit that we'd be appalled at it doesn't change their art i can still appreciate their art um you know, Bill Cosby, I can still appreciate what Bill Cosby was as a comic. I can hate the man and I can think that he's a shitty person and all that sort of stuff. And I, but I won't patronize them anymore. Right. I won't deny that Bill Cosby was good at what he did. If a Bill Cosby thing comes on, if I already own an old record and somebody, and I want to listen to an old bit, I really don't feel that weird about it. I don't feel like I'm molesting those girls when I'm listening to the record. If I'm putting money in Bill Cosby's pocket now, if Bill right. Cosby comes out with a new movie, I'm not going to go see it. If R. Kelly comes out with a new album, I ain't going to buy it. If it comes on the radio, I'm not going to turn the radio off necessarily. 
Are you and, but if you did, those? if you're like, oh, it grosses me out too much, I'll, I have no problem with that. Are you giving but, back those concert tickets? Then you say you're getting ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, R. R. Kelly is um, R. Kelly is in a. Uh, um, uh, he's going to be doing a, co a concert in prison, so we're going, and it's uh, Bill Cosby's opening. Exactly. I mean, you talk about you talk about artists, uh, you know, across the board. You know, if they were if they were normal normal people and well adjusted, the art wouldn't be great. It's I mean, that's it's just that little thing, right? Like. For example, Tara and I were talking about the other day, this Jonathan Majors guy who is now about to just take over Hollywood. I mean, Kane, Creed, uh, he's now going to play Dennis Rodman, which I cannot wait to see. He carries around the same mug to every interview. The same mug to every interview. Okay, I turned to Tara and I was like, that's a sign there's something up about this dude. <laughs> that he carries his own mug, whether it's Good Morning America, whether it's Jimmy Fallon, whether it's, I mean, whatever, Late Night Show Kimmel, He's got this one mug he's attached to. And everybody asks about it. He tells this wonderful, wonderful, heartfelt story about his mom giving him, like, this uplifting speech. There's still something. that, Like, to me, that's a red flag that, like, this dude is... Uh, I don't know, man. I, you, 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 I'm, I'm a very superstitious dude when it comes to certain things. There, there are things that I'm like, if it's, if it's worked a certain way, hey, man, look, you just said this dude's going to take over Hollywood. If, that, if, if he started getting them roles after he got that fucking mug, well, hey, man... Right. <laughs> That's I'm getting a, uh, I, if I'm him, I'm getting a chain and I'm putting that fucking mug on the goddamn. <laughs> well, can't, ju just just to be, in case you guys don't know the backstory, those people out there, that mug was the first mug that R. Kelly peed in. Hilarious. So, Hilarious. And he it's mixed it with a little uh, Michael Jackson Jesus juice. You know, look, hey, I, the, I can't talk shit. I, I mean, last week on Walker, I threw a fit about wearing this necklace because I, I I wasn't playing a ranger anymore. That I'm playing like a disgraced fired ranger now. So I got to rock the sleazy mustache, and then I uh, I insisted on rocking this. And they finally they quit. They were like, whatever, just let him. Who who fucking cares? Like you said, you know, it's not like he has any big like monologue he's going <laughs> to deliver in that thing. Yeah, but see, but again, everybody has their their thing that works for them. Ian also trains fighters, and he does it. So I'm, even Ian will tell you that he's not superstitious, but I'm sure that there's something in Ian's brain that says this has worked this way. So I'm gonna at least have this thing go this way. But point <laughs> being is everybody has something that is their thing that works for them. When it comes to these people, and like back to what Ian was said about the separating the art from the person for the most part you can because you hear these stories now about how james brown was an abusive motherfucker yeah uh, okay i still listen to james brown i told you where i draw the line is animals and kids and again if I, I, no bullshit i kid you not if you showed me today the same amount of evidence against michael jackson as there is against r kelly i have no problem not listening to michael jackson I have no problem with it. Same thing with Michael Vick. The shit that happened with Michael Vick, I don't give a fuck how many charities he donates to. <laughs> I saw what you did to dogs. I can't rock with you no more. I'm not wishing death on you. I'm not saying you deserve a fucked up, horrible life. I just don't fuck with you. So right. in that sense, that's You can also I still admit that the guy was good at what he did. Exactly. Can't, I, I, I can't say well, that- I mean, You throw Ray Lewis into that conversation, right? I just watched the new 30 for 30 about the Ray <laughs> Super Bowl team. I mean, a year to the day of- some kind of altercation that left two men dead on the streets of New Orleans. He's winning the Super Bowl and getting the MVP. But it's again one of those selective outrage deals. Yeah, so who, who, they had him like at the end of the dais. He came up out of the floor like vanilla ice. 
Who was it? Who was it that I just just saw? I God, I'm drawing a blank. Basketball player, drive by shooting. Oh, uh, John. Oh, oh, what? Sean Kemp. Oh, Sean Kemp, last night, yeah. yeah. How, how the hell are Actually, you, Sean Kemp, and you in a drive-by shooting? Well, That's, let's. can we call it what it was? It really was a drive-off shooting. He okay. was in the parking <laughs> lot, fired off some shots, got in his Porsche, and drove off. So, oh. and they got the footage. The footage is I think, I think if most of us were paying the amount of child support Sean Kent pays around this country, we may be firing off some shots too. Well, fired off too many shots, and that's why he's got that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's get some comments in here. What up, Cinemax Robinson? Uh, he says, I'm, I'm assuming this is in reference to, I don't know if this is in reference to, um, um, what's it, Ray Lewis, uh, which it might be Ray Lewis. Uh, he said self-defense, because I do remember that that's, that's what it, he said, because he stabbed the dudes, right? Um, and he said he got shot first. Yeah, I mean, I think it must be Ray Lewis or something like that. Um, uh, Tony says Sean Kemp. Uh, Zen says three doors down, played Trump's, inaugur uh, in, played Trump's inauguration. I haven't listened to him since. Did they do that? I totally forgot. He yeah. actually did. Uh, and also, he, he, he mentioned that, that uh, <laughs> Kid Rock and... Um, and uh, and uh, Ted Nugent have been trash regardless of, they're just hacky, hacky musicians regardless. Right. That's the thing about Three Doors Down. Their music still sucks, so you can separate it from their art. Uh, no, uh, Cinemax is saying, nope, Sean Kemp was self-defense. Well, and then hopefully- I didn't see it. I just thought it was funny when I saw it. I saw oh it. My God, bro, it. I only saw the headline. I was like, started laughing. I'm like, oh man, really? But Curtis, still, but uh, still, one of the greatest dunkers the game's ever seen. Oh, uh, dude, when he dunks and points at the dude, it's still the best fucking dunk ever. Uh, he, Curtis says, Greedo and uh, Greedo and Kemp shot first. Hilarious. <laughs> um, so, okay, so let's do this. Let's, uh, I want to shift here uh, really quick because we covered that. Let's, because this is what, um, I'm so glad that we can talk about this because it's still a fresh topic. Um, but, John Stewart. So you know who I want to add to the list of people I hope run for president besides uh, John, Stewart? John Stewart, John Stewart, bro. Al Franken and John Stewart. I'll take either one at this point. Either well, one. Are, are we going to are we going to go into the in politics stuff or do you want to keep do you want to bring up go, go oh, to history? Oh, no, no. That's right. My fault. My fault. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's do that. So because I got yeah, that. I, I look really quick. Spoiler alert. And also, um, Ian. We have Ian Harris, good as fuck with numbers. Ian Harris is a snobby bitch when it comes to comedy. Um, <laughs> I will, I will admit it. I'm, I'm that dude. Everyone knows that dude who, who's like a musician, and you can bring up any band that has sold more than one album, and they'll be like, "Ugh, the Beatles, worst musicians <laughs> ever." And you're like, "I only listen to so." Who's that? He's a Tibetan monk who plays a 900 string guitar, and he's the only one in the world, and he's pure. I'm that guy when it comes to comedy. So <laughs> I, when I insult all of your tastes, just know that it comes from a guy who is very particular. Like I'm the kind of guy that stands in the back of the room of a comedy club and goes, he used the word the hack. Hilarious. Like, I'm that guy. Okay. So with that being and said, I know you, Sam liked. Yeah, oh, that's what I said. So with that being said, here we go. And for everybody out there, who had didn't see us off air? We don't know how this is go. This is gonna go <laughs> because I know what Ian is about to say, and I know what Sam just said. So let me set this up for both. I'm gonna play the clip, and we're gonna talk about it on the other side. All right. After 40 years, I think it was 40 years. Mel Brooks, the genius, the icon, 
finally issued History of the World Part 2. Anyone that remembers History of the World Part 1 is still one of the funniest fucking spoof movies, sketch movies in history. No pun intended. It is still one of the best. So finally, Hulu partnered with Mel Brooks and a bunch of new actors and new uh, creative makers and all that type of stuff. People we're familiar with Nick Crawl and, and Wanda Sykes. I think and, it was, yeah, Nick and Wanda were kind of the, and I, yeah. yeah. So they partnered yeah. with a lot of people that-, that they, I think that's the problem, Nick Kroll. You know, and so, uh, are we We good? Are we still- Since we're recording still stopped. But we still keep going, right? Uh, hold up, hold up. So it says recording stopped, but I think we're still live. Yeah, we're still live. There okay, we're good. Now recording right. again. So, uh, they came out with a part two. I want to play the trailer really quick. Uh, I want to play the trailer for you guys. Let me get this together here. And we will do this now. And here we go. Mel Brooks, yeah. The guy who brought you the producers, Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs, and Blazing Saddles. And now I am proud to present the long-anticipated follow-up to my film, History of the World, Part 1. We're calling it History of the World... Part two, roll it. I've got some marketing materials to show you. Let's just jump right into it. Where's Noah? Hey guys, I'm Jesus. Judas. General Grant. Mary Magdalene. Princess Anastasia. Sigmund Freud. Kublai Khan. Rasputin. Amelia Earhart. Marco. And the other guy says, Polo. It's better in a pool. not what I'm saying. Don't you put words in my mouth. History of the world. Part two. Part two. Part two. Part two. If this was on Netfish, I would cancel my subscription. All right. So. Get ready to rumble. <laughs> so look, so here's my thing. Mel Brooks is my all-time favorite. Him and the Zucker brothers, all-time favorite. Um, I can recite every Mel Brooks movie your Majesty, I must have a word with you. Ah. Oh, wait, sorry. Still rolling. Um, my, my daughter is also a huge fan. My wife is also a huge fan. We were so excited. My daughter and I sat down. 15 minutes in, she wanted to kill herself. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to kill myself with the television. Um, and, I, and I'm like, well, let's give it a couple episodes. We watched about two or three episodes. And then all, everyone was like, Cool. Is there paint to, paint drying somewhere that we can watch? I, honestly, recording stop again. All right, let me do this again. Um, I am now the host. Whatever. Um, people, people <laughs> we're having some some uh, technical difficulties. Anyway, so here's the thing. I was so excited. Now maybe my hype was too high. That's the problem. Very excited to see it. But I'll tell you what I have a problem with. And and, and this is comedy. Like people always go, comedy subjective. I disagree. When people get music is subjective, what you like is subjective. But if you're like, 
hey, like I love, I think Elvis Presley's awesome. Do I think Elvis Presley's a better guitar player than Joe Satriani? No. Do I like Joe Satriani's music? Eh, not, not particularly. I like it okay. It's okay. Uh, but if I'm putting those together and go, who technically is, is the better musician? It's just not even a fucking question. Right. To me, even spoof stuff, breaking the fourth wall, looking at the camera, oh, it's good to be the king. All that sort of stuff is great. I love it. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with stepping outside of reality. I have no problem with every now and then something modern pops in, right? All of a sudden, like at the end of Blazing Saddles, they drive off in a Cadillac and you go, that's silly and it's stupid because they'd already broken the wall and whatever. The thing that I could not stand about this is a couple things. One, nothing was clever. Mel Brooks is, I don't think Mel Brooks wrote any of this. I think, I think, I think that the Nick Kroll guy wrote it because I've seen everything Nick Kroll's done and everything he does is like his, his, his best joke is why don't I fuck you in the pee hole or whatever. Like that's, that's brilliant writing from Nick Kroll. So I'm watching this going, when's the Mel Brooks stuff coming in? And literally not even joking, Abraham Lincoln says, I'll fuck him in his dick hole. And then I'm like, what? And then they're doing stuff where like they're merging like they're on the battle of Gettysburg or something or, or some sort of some battle and Robert E. Lee comes out and the news is there interviewing him. And I'm like, why is the news here? It's, and then they go to like the, the, the American Revolution and the girl's got a blog and the internet. And I'm like, every single sketch felt like some 22 year old executive was like, okay guys, but no one gets history. Ugh. So you're gonna make jokes about Romans? Can we put the internet in there? Because kids need to get this. That's what I felt happened because every sketch was like, how can, even the one they just showed, they said they, they did the, the funniest one was this was the curb your Judaism. It was cool how they kind of messed with, they kind of did a curb your enthusiasm thing. And it was kind of going that route. And you're like, oh, it's going to be good. Completely let down. And they do stuff like he's taping his Netfish special. So he's, so you're, you're, you're going to call it old. It's Netfish, right? Oh, it's funny because it's fish. It's Jesus, it's fishes, but he's taping it. Then they do the thing with the Kublacon, where all of a sudden they're like, you've been pawned, and they're doing a punk thing. And there's a moment where the guy pops out, and he's like, look, there's sketch artists everywhere. And I'm like, that's funny. That's Mel Brooks. They would be sketch artists. Right. But then why are there graphics? And why do they make references to like MTV and shit? It's like, either they're sketch artists, not videographers back in the freaking 1400s, <laughs> right? Or they're not. And, and even in history of the world, very few times, other than the time when they rolled into Caesar, Caesar the real, the Vegas Caesar's palace or whatever, they never were like all of a sudden on the phone. They were never like all of a sudden on the internet. It, it, they stuck to the jokes of history. When you watch, you know, uh, seize this honkus and, and nuts, NVTS nuts. And, Treasure bath. Right. All that stuff was jokes set in the time. And I just didn't understand the two things. Why did they have to keep bringing in modern stuff, number one? And number two, what, and I'm, you know me, I use the word cunt, motherfucker. I, I use it, I, if I was in church, I'd be like, this motherfucking cunt. I have no problem with language. But when, you're, when your punchline, when the biggest joke is, is Abraham Lincoln going, boom, fuck my dickhole. Ah! That's the funniest part with the Abraham Lincoln sketches that he says, fuck my dickhole or whatever he said. I'm like, how is this the level of writing of Mel Brooks? I just be honest. It's not, and I, I know, I know. Uh, before we got started, I said it's perfect. I like to, I like to uh, make a uh, little adjustment to that statement. I finished it this morning. The last steps, the last two this morning. Uh, 
all four days, got up early, wake and bake, watched it. How many episodes is it total? Four or it's, six? It's eight total. It's eight. two. I haven't watched that before yet. Go ahead. Um, here's the thing. It's such a nostalgia. It was such a thing I never thought we would get, much like Keaton playing Batman again. That once, just just having the title card, History of the World, part two, <laughs> like just that was enough for me. If it just ended there, I would be happy just to see the fucking title card. Mm-hmm. I love the Beatles thing. The Beatles thing, like the Apple Doc with them all in the doing Jesus's last sermon, trying to trying to work it out, and how much it stuck to the Beatles story. I really liked that. I thought that was very funny. And, and, but and for the record, I didn't get to that one because I only got through two and a half episodes before I had to. I watched four. Go ahead. I Sam. do think I do think it progressively gets better. I know that they they end it. The post credit scene is uh, Jews in space. They finally did it, and it was okay. it was really fucking good. Um, but then there, uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, Terry and I were talking about this, and it's it's kind of that deal where, you know, we're not, Terry's dad's passed away, I'm not close with my old man anymore, but it was both of our dad's favorite movies. So it kind of felt like... Nostalgia. Yeah, it was, and it's a hell of a drug. Nostalgia's the, the most powerful drug in this country right now. So well, like- it brought you back, but no, it doesn't hold up to one. I don't think you could have ever topped one. And like you were saying, half the sketches, they seem like they were written for Kroll Show and they were thrown in a file cabinet and they went back and found them. Well, and 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 like a good example of what I'm talking about is like, I had a couple people go, but did they? Uh, you know, someone just said here, did they do Juice in Space? And you answered it right, but but um, I didn't see who said it, but I just saw it scroll by. I but same thing, a lot of people were like, did they do Hitler on Ice? No, and they, they did. No, but no, the no, problem, in my opinion, in my opinion, the problem is that they did do Hitler on Ice. No, yeah, yeah. I know. I said they did. They okay. did. I said, but the problem with it, in my opinion. Is that they put they put him in modern day with modern day people going, oh, this motherfucker sucks. But and I'm like, why why didn't they just do it like it like he was in the Olympics in 1942? Right. And they were like, oh, the mastery of this thing. He is definitely and he's falling, and they're like, he's definitely the best one. Like it would have been funny if they were calling him the master and he was going up against like a black skater who's whooping his ass but the germans it's the german olympics and the germans right, are like, like the the thing. right yeah like they could have totally Jeff done the, thing where the like, olympics and beat everybody yeah right because he's hitler even though he sucks and it's like but because he's the master race you gotta give him the award like that would have been funny but why all of a sudden don't it's cry like, Ty, like, it's okay <laughs> but i don't understand like why why is hitler in nowadays why is he? Why is he skating in a modern skate show? I I just don't even understand why that's funny. No, you know well, I think uh, I think it was probably every other sketch hit for me because the the thing with Galileo and all the social media stuff. I'm like, how many of you know how many dads out there? I mean, like the like guys my dad's age now, so like mid late sixties are gonna fucking get the references to Cameo and to TikTok and you know I think that just that it doesn't stick. Uh, but the they end with a uh, marvelized trailer for a jesus christ movie after the the church has remodeled jesus into being a blonde uh blue-eyed white guy shredded white guy and then it's like it's like a trailer for an iron man movie basically but it's jesus now they seems like they used like a good third of the budget on that fucking fake trailer i mean it was it was cool but uh you know it was very did you see did you see the one with the uh the guys trying to save uh ulysses grant after he's been captured and they do a comedy show, and the, the Native American guy of the Union soldiers, like, he did a Foxworthy thing where he goes, uh, if you live by a river you can't pronounce, you might be a, colon- a colonizer. 
And I was fucking like, killed. And then he goes, somebody goes, go home. And he goes, he goes, I would, but you built Ohio on top of it. And like little stuff like that. So there were moments. Yeah, okay. Because I've only seen I've only seen four episodes, so I'll watch I'll watch the rest of it later on, probably later on today. I guess my thing was it's a combination of both what both of you guys said. Um, I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. Like like I'm I'm one of those people that's like, look, man, you know, uh, his I grew up watching his comedy. That that that's I I know some of my sometimes even when I write stuff in my head I think. A Mel Brooks kind of timing, like clever words, clever wordplay, all that type of stuff. So that's that's where my mind goes to sometimes. Um, so I went into it with that, you know, like you said, with that that hype of, oh man, this has got to be in. You got modern technology with it. You got some of these fun because the people in it are not unfunny, like they're not unfunny in different projects. They well, and, actually, and actually and actually Nick Kroll. His characters, like he's good. He's a, he's a decent actor. Oh, yeah, he does. He does the characters. His characters are funny. He's a horrible writer, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's what I mean by like when you look at a Wanda Sykes, you know, JB Smooth in it. You know, um, I, um, the guy actually, the guy that played Abe Lincoln was fucking hysterical. Oh, uh, Jonah Veep. from uh, from Veep. Yeah, from Veep. A fucking Veep is. By the way, Ian still hasn't. I'm still trying to get Ian to to, to watch Veep. Uh, hands down, one of the best fucking political. I mean, hey, like you were saying, uh, Ty, joke per minute. Veep is hard to compete with on joke per minute. Oh yeah. Oh it's my best. god. It, it's bro, Ian. I'm telling you, dude. If you want to kind of wash your brain of what you didn't like from history of the world, watch Veep. And it, it, I, I if I, if, if I hadn't seen all episodes already, I probably would have watched it again. That's how, and I love Julia Louis Dreyfus anyway. So. But Jonah, him, his character in that is hilarious. That's why I got excited to see him play this. So to me, I think I went into it with that, you know, hoping that this is going to be better It's going to be, you know, and it, it didn't live up to it. Like, I think somebody wrote here, I think it was uh, Cinemax wrote that he had it on in the background and didn't even turn around to pay attention to it. Um, by the way, everybody, let us know what you think of uh, History of the World Part Here's 2. And, um, I, and I also want to respond to Zen, but really quick, I was going to say the one sketch that I thought had so much potential and it started out great was Curb Your Judaism. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. However, good. I'm just going to tell you, how, if, if I were writing that sketch, first off, I would have written it more like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, in Curb Your Enthusiasm, what happens every time Larry has something he's doing, some big celebrity, some big event, and he tries to do something to get more out of it. Or he tries to do something to cut a corner or to get to bring a guest or to do something. And then he does something to, to do that and it pisses somebody off. So in order to unpiss them off, he does something dumber that pisses everybody off and he ends up not getting invited to the thing or he ends up getting invited and all the people that he pissed off are there who, who he told he wasn't actually going. And they're like, what are you doing here? And it's bump, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. And I'm like, why didn't they start? They started this whole thing with, they already went to the Last Supper. They could have started that with, with, hey man, I'm going to this Last Supper thing. It's going to be great. And it's Judas, right? And they could have made it to where Judas wasn't the betrayer, but he was Larry, right? And he fucked up and he was like, I'm going to this thing. I really want to impress Jesus. What should I do? Yeah. And what should I bring? Goes, you know, should I do, do I bring a, you know, do I bring like a cheese and cracker thing or what? You right, know, what right. bring, what you the Last Supper. There's so much pressure. Uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking about bringing some shrimp. Yeah, I don't think that's good. <laughs> and then, 
And then he's like, you know, hey, man, well, I got this guy. He's got to hook me up with these 50 silver. You know, if I get him 50 silver pieces uh, and then they come and he gives him the 50 silver pieces and blah, blah, blah. And then they get to the thing and they find out that that guy was a betrayer. And, and, and he goes, I didn't know that he was that was given the 50 silver pieces of that. That's not what I meant. And then, and, then, right. and then you could do a joke with the, you know, well, I think he's he's getting this, you know, because they did a whole thing about was he getting his foreskin back and he's got to go take a look. Which is something Larry would do, but the way it played out after that was like, "What's up, bitch?" Like it just didn't, it turned into something weird. It would have been better if he's like, "Jesus, like, are you looking at my? Are you looking at my dick?" He's like, "I just want to know. I was, I was looking at the. Uh, I, I, yes, I was looking. Yes, I wanted. I, I heard a rumor that you know. And then it's like, wait, are you the one? And then it all comes around, ties into yeah. where the fifty pieces. He goes, "This guy's a traitor. No, Jesus, I love you." And then, and then he's outcast as the traitor. That would have been amazing and it would have pulled the bible he wanted them to run through the tape because they kind of bailed on they started some of these bits and then you're you're going like oh fuck yeah punch the punch the throttle on this deal let's go like hit it and then they would kind of like uh kind of you know trail off into and kind of take a right turn where you're going wait what we're 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 almost there right and Um, you know really i was gonna ask what you guys thought about this because zen made a question he goes um you see the counterpoint. You really want to watch? Uh, if you really want to watch a uh, hilarious history of the world, watch 2016 till now. Right. Uh, so <laughs> Zen, Zen's counterpoint: Is it bad for Mel trying to reach new and younger audiences? Absolutely not. But you, she should be trying to reach new and younger audiences. I have a problem with two things. Number one, I have a problem with with completely abandoning your built-in audience that's been waiting 40 years in order to reach a new audience. Number one. Yeah. Number two. I don't think I, I it's like it's like when you do a, something for kids. I was just talking about this the other day. All the greatest kids shows talk to the adults and the kids come along. They say right. words, they say things. You you don't talk down to the kids. And if you think that that kids don't understand history, that's why I watch SpongeBob. Right, exactly. And look, so so the thing is that you can still teach my daughter watches History of the World Part 1. She thinks it's hilarious. So why couldn't she watch of of a modern version of that? The idea is that kids, that the younger audiences are too stupid to know history. So we can, we have to pander to them by doing modern stuff that they get about their phone. And I'm like, anybody who, who is that person doesn't get comedy and Mel Brooks to begin with. We're not sucking them into what, to, to this sort of stuff. Number one, number two, most people, even if they don't get it, if you write a joke about history, they'll go, oh, did that happen? And they'll go look up history. That's what the ha- how that happened. So I'm just I'm like again like kids with SpongeBob. Kids wouldn't know what that was, but then years later they go, oh, now I get that reference that he did. That oh, was a reference yeah. to the Godfather. Oh my god! Oh, my god. Still, I still tell people that that part with SpongeBob doesn't get the promotion. Then he goes to the the ice cream shop, gets so much, drinks so much ice cream, he has a fucking five o'clock shadow like he's drunk. I'm I'm falling over laughing in the theater. My daughters have no idea why I'm laughing so hard, and I said, "You'll get it later." And sure enough, wait, dude, it's the way it's the one where he learned where he learns a word that they call word enhancers. <laughs> wait, wait, I, no. Oh, it's hilarious! So they think he's they think um, they see these things spray painted on on dumpsters, and Patrick goes, "Those are word enhancers." My dad told me about these or whatever, and it's basically the word "fuck." Oh. But every time they say it, oh, they, yeah, they, okay. they bleep it out with a with a dolphin sound. Yeah. <laughs> So he thinks he's being smart by using word enhancers. So he's up there at the thing going, uh, number three, your fucking Krabby Patty's ready. Come and get your fucking Krabby Patty. Get your fucking Krabby And it's going, Krabby Patty. And there's at one point, there's these people in the back. And this kid, this guy in the back goes, 
I don't get it. He's a funny kid. Why has he got to work blue? Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. That's, that's yes. Yes. I remember, I remember that line specifically. I was like, oh, fucking hilarious. Hey, you know, even Tom Kenny, SpongeBob himself, worked on uh, History of the World Part Two. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. I saw his name in the credits. I guess he did a voice of something. Oh, but yeah. On, after the episodes you guys haven't gotten to, there's a, I thought there was a really funny sketch where Nick Kroll plays this like sleazy East Coast. Like uh, it's a commercial, like a, almost like a late night commercial, but he's a guy selling uh, disgraced removed uh, statues of dictators throughout history. So yeah. they come and they'll remove them for you and then, they'll, and then they'll resell them. So like the big get was uh, the Saddam statue when it fell over in Iraq. And they had, that was like their special going out of business sale. It was, uh, that was the funny <laughs> one they showed. You know, right. I even got a Robert E. Lee's. Like if the horse's legs are up, you get half off. Hilarious. <laughs> Uh, okay, you guys, because I want to make sure we get to this other topic here, because we do talk about the world, the real world. It was you know, see, seems how we are talking about the history of the world. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about the real world. History. So real let's, history. let's go into, uh, I want to start by playing my new favorite clip, my new favorite clip. And uh, and again, I might put this on my ringtone. So, <laughs> uh, this is John Stewart. Doing what John Stewart does, man. Hold up. Let's see here. Here we go. Guns in the country. We had an increase in gun Talking about the militia and the state. By the way, just for clarity's sake. That uses that very specific John affirmative language. You know, shall not be. Well, it's also the one right that uses the, the phrase well-regulated. Correct. When it's talking about the militia and the state. By the way, just for clarity's sake. Yeah. I'm not against the Second Amendment. I'm not against. I don't want to ban guns. But you're saying more guns makes us more safe. Yes. So when we got 400 million guns in the country, we had an increase and gun deaths went up. So when exactly does this curve hit that takes it down? Would a billion guns do it? Let's just run those numbers, you know, 400 million, 50,000. Uh -huh. You're talking about a less than a fraction of not even a percent of a hundredth of a percent. But it goes up, not down. So your argument is backwards. But if you want, okay, so so let's let's come up with a solution, okay? So one of the issues, a contributing factor, again, I, I believe it's the individual that is the problem. So your solution to that is give them more guns. So I'm saying that because people are the problem, we need to look at the <laughs> problems that those people are facing and how do we address it. For but instance, you've removed the ability for the state to do that. No. Because, because you're... If uh, you don't have background checks mm -hmm. and you don't have registration and permitting, how do you know who has a problem in terms of the people who you're giving a gun to? Do you want to talk about the background checks first or do you want to talk about solutions first? I want to talk about what you're doing is you're bringing chaos to order. That's your subjective opinion you, that it's bringing chaos to order. It's not my subjective opinion. We it have 50,000 gun-related deaths. That's not a subjective opinion. Okay, so That's dead people. Experience the Oscars live. I, I have to play the rest of this. I want you guys to see this because it's very important. Sorry. For so in the past, when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of body <laughs> image issues. We're getting, hey, you people are getting free ads on our damn podcast. Where I get the sorry, 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 sorry. You want to say I'm a Second Amendment purist and I'm making it safer. You're not. You're making it more chaotic. And that's not a matter of opinion. That's the truth. That is a matter of opinion, John. But why take away their tools? Because certain of their tools that they're using would be infringements upon the people's right to keep and bear arms, upon their constitutional rights, upon due so process, you're saying upon other things. That registering is an infringement. Yes. Okay. Is voting a right? 
It's a right for citizens, yes. I thought about do you have to party do anything and... to do it? Yes. What do you have to do? It depends on the state. What do you have to do? Sometimes you have to be, you have to be at least 18 years old. What do you have to do? And Keep in going. some places you have to uh -huh. f have a government-issued ID. What do you have to? You have to? You have to be on the voter rolls? Register. You have to register. So you have to register to a right. Is that an infringement? Does the right to voting say shall not be infringed? Oh, so this is just a semantic argument now. No, it's not. You believe voting rights can be infringed because it doesn't say specifically is it shall an, not be infringed. Is it an infringement upon a 17-year-old's right to vote since they don't have that right to vote? No. Oh, we, it's not an infringement on them? No, okay. ab absolutely not. Why not? You're Because you're the one making the argument, not me. I'm saying even rights have responsibilities. And that within those responsibilities, responsibilities are responsibilities yes. and order, otherwise it's chaotic. I'll go you one further. You want to ban drag show readings to children. To my why? Eyes, yes. Why? Why, why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning, that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh -huh. in certain instances to What's the children? leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's <laughs> not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. <laughs> so what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to that because that shall not be infringed. All right, I had, to, I had to play that whole thing, you guys, just because I wanted to, I, I, I needed people to understand some. Let me tell you why I love that clip and I hate it at the same time. I'll tell you why I love it. Because it's John Stewart laying the verbal smack down on a dude and, and man if, if that dude could if he if someone was allowed to press charges for the fucking verbal beat down they got it would be that guy <laughs> it would be by that the way guy. by the way who, who was that clown i don't even know they all look the same uh, I, I, I had his name i forgot but he uh i forgot the state he's from i totally forgot he's the state a state senator from. from either uh from either like oklahoma or nebraska or somewhere i think it's oklahoma maybe oklahoma um so, so I love the fact that John Stewart, because again, they keep they always keep the same dumbfounded Carson 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 Tucker look on their face when they're like, you know, they always do the same look when they when they're caught up. The thing I don't like about it is that it's John Stewart doing this, and not all of the fucking media people that aren't Fox News or own or fucking Newsmax. Every single person that is not right-wing leaning should be going in on these motherfuckers that exact same way. So when I watched that clip, I'm like, dude, the first thought in my head was finally, finally a motherfucker going at these bitches like they should be. And then the next thought was, I'll watch a fucking person on CNN. The only person I give credit to is Stephanie Rule. Stephanie Rule. Stephanie Rule. Stephanie Rule is she don't fuck she's around. Bad. She's bad. She's bad. And, and, and this and this this is my impression of Stephanie Rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Talk yourself into a deeper hole, dipshit. Uh, exactly. 
Exactly. So I'm gonna say this, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on the cliff. It, it until we attack these motherfuckers that same way as John Stewart, because again, dude, the reason why Al Franken not running is a big deal is because now you have people that could attack a Joe Biden's competency. They can attack a Kamala Harris. You couldn't fuck with an Al Franken, just no. like you can't fuck with a John Stewart. We need more people like them that want to get into the positions of power. These motherfucking Republicans are throwing anybody out there, whether they're smart or dumb. We have well, to well, have hold up, this. hold up, Ty. They don't have any smart ones. That's true. I actually, as soon as I said that, I was like, I should probably pull back. I hear it. You know, having worked on a lot of campaigns myself, uh, you know, like upwards of over 38 or something crazy for presidential. I'm two and two. The black guy came through for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, the problem is that you talk like that in a lot of these campaign offices, uh, a lot of these campaign meetings and you get run out because we've, and Ty and I, you and I have talked about this for somehow when the first black first lady who lived in fear, getting serious threats every day that Pat Nixon did not fucking deal with that Betty Ford did not fucking deal with that Nancy Reagan did not deal with that Barbara Bush did not deal with on and on and on Hillary probably got a few, uh, but when she said, when they go low, we go high, she didn't mean just let them fucking stomp our heads in and just exactly. roll over. That's not what she meant. That meant don't get down in the That's mud. That's how we take it, though. Right. So these young campaign kids, I mean, I was there in the Julian Castro office in 2019. Thank God everybody in that primary dropped out and they just said, Joe, just save the world, please. Just come on. Because you know that it's a serious endorsement when power-hungry people 19 or 20 of them go, hey, let's be real. This is over my fucking head. We're going to have to get Joe for this. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really discouraging, and it's really led me to be, uh, you know, the state I live in, it's the easiest state in the country to get a gun. It's the hardest state in the country to get a voter ID card, yep. voter registration card. So well, that's here, not infringed. Oh, well, right. Here we, should go. Not be here we go. Right. While Greg Abbott talks about, you know, shipping Mexicans all across the country and you know, uh, we got we have a, a attorney general under indictment every other uh, every other year. It seems like he's getting indicted for something else. He's got his crazy James Bond henchman wonky eye. I mean, you can see on paper these people are cronies, but the left is so beaten down, be especially in my state, because they feel like you know I don't know. I'd like to go volunteer. I'd like to make phone calls or knock doors, but these guys are so uberly progressively uh, playing it safe. They're right. not ready to kick any ass. They're not ready to throw any punches because what they're worried about is not upsetting people. Well, what's right. upsetting to people is when they don't have health care, when they don't have good jobs, when the schools are dangerous. I mean, this shit isn't rocket but, science. But my point is what 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 I don't understand how, how long it's going to take for them to, to realize that, look, Trump, Trump got liberals. Trump got Obama voters um, after Trump was impeached twice and lost. I'm seeing people that I, they were like my atheist friends that were, I thought liberal or whatever. I see these guys that are so far right now. I have, I have friends who two years ago have pictures, three years ago have pictures on their Facebook. We're at the, at me and my wife and my uh, gay friend are at the pride rally. And now those same guys are, are using the N word and calling me faggot and stuff like that. And I'm like, how did that happen? These were liberal people or whatever that happened because they got so, you know, a, all about this whole, everything came down to like free speech and the left is stopping your free speech, which we talked about with Chris Rock is bullshit, but these idiots aren't smart enough to realize 
oh wait, maybe there's a few fringe people that are suggesting That's something and it sounds like they're forcing it. But my point is that those people, the super Bernie bros, the Trump people, they don't care or understand policy, but they do understand bravado. They understand in, um, uh, positioning and they understand, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, attitude. This, that that fake decisiveness it, thing where they right. rather with somebody who had an opinion than somebody who's like, I don't and, know. And the thing is that we on the left care about policy. So all you need to do, I've said this a thousand fucking times, if you are a left-wing politician, anywhere from center to freaking Bernie Sanders, put all your policies, have all your, hey, I want this minimum wage, this, I want I want healthcare, I want this, blah, blah, put all your policies up there, all your policies up there, make them well-known, here's my website, here's my list of policies. And every time you talk, you do a, a, a talk to the press, you, you talk to whatever, you wear your regular clothes, maybe you kind of nice, but not totally nice. You don't have to dress up in a suit and all that sort of stuff, unless you're going with the business guy thing. But if you're going with the salt of the earth, working class guy thing, and you do stuff, you don't have to swear like a crazy person, but we found out that people don't care about swearing anymore. Trump was like, oh, fucker in the pussy with my fucking dog's dick, like whatever. People were like, oh, we love him. So, yeah! hey, hey, he talks like a real American. Right, so exactly. all, all you've got to do is go, Get in those debates, and when someone says something, go, hold up, jackass. I'm going to tell you something. You are a lying piece of shit. No, no, no. I, no, no. Look, why don't you tell the American people what's really fucking going on here? Blah, 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 blah. You kind of do what, 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 what John Stewart did. And then when the, when the liberals go, I like him, but he's a little brash and whatever, what does he believe? And he goes, and for you liberals out there, go to my website. All of my stuff's on there. All the details of how the plans are going to work. And we who care about those things will go and read those things. But if you're on there going... Well, we need a $15 minimum. And here's why the American people are hurting and blah, blah, blah. The rednecks and the idiots that are like, kind of don't know anything about policy or the Bernie bros who are just like, free healthcare, man. Yeah, those, they hear one thing. Those catchphrase people, those populist people, they just want to see a tough person who goes, I'm gonna give you healthcare, I'm gonna tax the rich. And what, you want some of this bitch? That's all they want. And if we can get a guy or a girl or whatever who can do that, who can just go, shut up, I'm talking, sit down, loser, let me talk to you about, and just be, no, 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 that's on my website. You want to know the details? This is what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to tax the rich. I'm going to pay this. Where's it going to come from? The rich are going to pay for it. Now, shut up. You know that. We know now. Sit down, loser. You don't know what you're talking about. You're out of your fucking element. Now, look, anybody wants the details, good. If we could just get somebody who would do that. We would Ladies and gentlemen, Hakeem Jeffries. Duh. Every goddamn election. I look at it like this, man. And 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 like I said, I think there is so much so many problems where I mean, I know someone here wrote it, you know, but both sides. I know they, they were being they were joking when they said both sides, but there are issues on both sides of the situation that for some reason keep us in the same place as a country. Uh the people on the right are driven by fear, ignorance, and hate so much so that they literally don't ask for a better life for themselves. It's, it's weird to me. It's like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I've never seen people complain about shit, but put people in office that literally don't even try to do the shit that they complain about while they're still complaining about the shit. So that's one thing. Where we have to be is we can't have a situation where we care about how the job gets done. I mean, again, as long as it's above board, we don't need to cheat. 
we can't care about the words of how someone gets something done. You ever watched the movie uh, Lean on Me? Mm -hmm. with, uh, Morgan Freeman? Great flick. Great flick, right? A lot of people. You have parents. Remember the scene where the parents were like, he called my kid stupid as fuck. He threw my son out. He did it. Hey, and guess what? Well, and now it's your not... child is going to Brown University. Exactly. <laughs> and he whipped everybody's ass in the shade. You see what I'm saying? He got rid of the shit that wasn't making the school better. He got rid of the element that wasn't making the school better because he had one focus. We got to make the school better. People on the left, Democrats, and if you want to say you're an independent, but I always say if you criticize the left more than you criticize the right and you say you're, you're an independent, you're really a Republican that's just too scared to own that you're a Republican. Yeah, You can say it whatever way you want to say it, but you're really a Republican. That's it. But everyone else needs to understand the reason why that clip went viral is because Jon Stewart is saying the shit that every fucking left lawmaker should be saying the same way they should be saying it. Right. I, 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 I'm so goddamn I love when he just tired. said in an interview, I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, you see what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I watch so many uh, uh, interviews where people are trying to be nice to the people that they'll let them sit there and fucking lie. I saw somebody say, well, what, he said, well, what do you think about this? Um, about the, the fact that they asked, they asked this guy, a Republican asked him, said, well, what do you think about the uh, Republicans, um, the Fox News having to admit that they, they lied about this? And this motherfucker without missing a beat says, well, I mean, yeah, anyway, I mean, but you got to look at it. It happens on both sides with the thing. And, no, and, fuck, no, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't. but no, here's the thing. We know it doesn't. But when the person said it, he keeps going, and I'm waiting for the person to stop them and say, well, no, 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 it doesn't happen on both sides. Like, well, and the only thing they did was say, well, I mean, blatantly lying. It's just like, no, look at it like this. You know, you got the, the, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop. And I'm like, I had to pause the TV like, did you just let this motherfucker compare a private citizen's laptop that has nothing to do with the fact that an entire network from the top of the network to the people who talk to the fucking millions of people literally had to admit that they fucking lie in court about the shit that has gotten people killed, that has tried to tear up democracy, that they are still lying about. Did you just let this motherfucker continue to say what the fuck he say and then say, all right, thanks for coming on the show. We'll be right back. This is yeah, why she and, and then here's the commercial from Pfizer. You see what <laughs> I'm saying? This because listen, let me tell you what Republicans are really good at. They're, 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 and I hate giving them credit for anything, but they're really, really, really good. And even that Trump ass. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tom. They're really good at keeping the same tone when they're lying. Yeah. They they it's the yeah. same steady thing. We same talked about that last week. Yeah, it's sociopathic behavior. Yeah. Look, Psychotic look, if you behavior. Go back, if you go back and look, brains. exactly. If you go back and look at this dude's face, John Stewart is saying he is laying, and the dude keeps the same look. Like, I also think if you listen, if you got inside of his head, all you would hear is either hilarious, or you'd hear yummy, <laughs> yummy, yummy. I got love in my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think at some point, man, and this is, I, I say, if you're not calling it out, you want the chaos, right? Well, you, you, a, you, a couple you, people had asked here too, um, uh, 
Joe had asked, she goes, my, I asked my hubby and a male friends, do you guys really talk like, she talked about earlier comments, you guys really talk like that when women are around and resounding no. And then Jen said, yeah, they really don't, at least real men don't talk. And, and the thing is that, so to correct, to, to say what I would say, when they're talking about like, do like the Trump thing, well, it's locker room talk. Do real men talk like that? Um, so the question is, do, do real men talk the locker room talk, right? So the thing is, there's a yes and a no to that. Of course, there are, people are more relaxed when they're with their friends and they probably say stuff that they might not say in public or they might not say to people that they don't want to upset. People are a little less PC. I think we all are. I think even women are that way. You, and guys probably, depending on which friends they're with, they might say a few things that are maybe a little cruder than they normally would say. But that type of shit is the same type of shit as racist type shit. When you hear people go, well, yeah, you guys, when, you know, you know, when I'm around my friends, sure, I throw around those words. Yeah. Let me say this real quick. I, I got a hard out at, uh, at 3.30 my time here in about five okay. minutes, but I want to point this out. My best friend of almost 25 years is a guy named Dewan McKellar. He's a musician here in Austin. He's an amazing dad. I mean, Mr. Mom. Uh, if I was ever to go to him, uh, and he's a black guy. If I was ever to go to him and be like, man, I grabbed her by the pussy. He would go, Sam, shut the fuck up. Right, right. <laughs> Get down. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, no, no, it's not just locker room. No, that's, and that's my point. It, my point is it's the same thing as when you hear people go, oh, well, guys, like, you know, people talk like that. They talk about that with, like, race things. Oh, you guys talk like that when you're not around people. Who? Who talks right. like that? Yeah, you know who talks like that? Racists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they're aware that those words are not, are not. That's why they don't talk about it around everybody else. Right. And but that's the thing is, like, when you have people that think that way, they're only comfortable talking like that around their friends. Like, I remember going back to Chicago, uh, my, my wife, we went back to Chicago together and, you know, we're, we're at my grandma's house and I talk, you know, I'm talking how I talk to you. But then if you get around a cousin, a grandma, a cousins, especially from a certain part of the country, mm -hmm. you may let, you may not enunciate as much. You know what I'm saying? So if I say, look at this motherfucker right here. Okay. I might be at my grandma's house after 30 minutes and I say, this motherfucker. You know what right. saying? Oh, yeah. My, my roots are from West Texas. So if I get around my relatives, it turns into McConaughey real quick. You see what I'm saying? Or all of a sudden I come back to Austin. People are like, why are you talking like that? Exactly. Like, well, you know, we went out this weekend. Well, I had a good old time. You see what I'm saying? So, so, but that's a lot different than people saying like, like, I don't, and I told, I said this last week on the show, bro. I have never written a joke where the punchline has to be kike, fag, lesbo, um, uh, or any other, any other kind of derogatory word. Because I don't need to write that. But at when some point, I, I think, Ty, at some point, I think the, you know, the seven dirty words, you know, the Carlin thing that was cool and, and holy shit, we're saying these words on TV or whatever. Somehow that got mistaken into crossing over into like racist and bigoted words. Right. I always say whenever somebody, whenever someone's making an excuse, whenever someone's making an excuse to say, well, we don't get to say anything anymore. It's like, what do you mean? What can't you say? Yeah, you know what they're talking about. Exactly. And, and, and I, I would rather you just say, just say you want to say something racist. Like, no, I want to say, well, you can call somebody fat. Sure, that 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 guy's fat. That happens to me every time I'm on a set. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But 
When hey, guys, uh, go get the fat guy and tell him to take off the necklace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, listen, uh, we got to get ready. That's a nice callback from, uh, that was a good callback from last week. That was great. Yeah. Oh, by the way, con congratulations on Mitch McConnell. Um, he fell and almost died. Um, <laughs> almost. Almost, though. So, sorry, America. And there people go, that's mean-spirited. Don't wish that on anybody. Fuck that guy. Sorry. It's funny. And right on cue, uh, right on cue, J.E. says empathy. There's a period where, you, where, where, where your actions have wrung all the empathy I have for you out. And Mitch yeah, McConnell, man. you're one of those people that oh, I, you know man, nah, I'm not, I wouldn't push him down the stairs. But if my dog got off its leash and accidentally knocked him down the stairs, I'd just be like, hey, bad I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> stop him from falling. Um, all right, you guys, we got to get ready to wrap this up. I want to thank our very special guest, Sam Slade, for joining us today. Tell us, tell them again about what things you got coming up. Oh, uh, you, you can catch me on uh, Walker on the CW. We just wrapped season three. Uh, new episodes come out Thursday, of course, tonight. Because the CW, it will be a rerun. So that makes a lot of sense. But we'll be back next week with a new episode. Uh, uh, Love and Death. Well, I'm very excited about that limited series. Comes out April 27th on HBO Max. Uh, also, if you're anywhere in Central Texas, March 19th, Silver Spoon Theater, New Braunfels. Come out. I'm taping my first ever stand-up album. It's going to be a hell of a party. Uh, come out. Tickets are only ten bucks. You can get them at SilverSpoon.com. Uh, and that's that's it, guys. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Let me be the Austin Reeves of critical and thank you. Uh, of course, man. Uh, I want to thank everybody that tuned in today. You know how I feel about you guys. You know how we feel about you all. Roxanne, Zen, Joe, Carrie, Je, as usual, Cinemax, Robinson, Curtis, Chuck. Oh my God, we had a lot today. Joe, Tammy, Tam, uh, man, y'all, Edmund, uh, it, Curtis, y'all was with us today, man. Hey, new people too. And and real quick, we didn't get to get to this topic. We'll talk about it. Uh, I want to. We'll talk about it next time. But I wanted to just kind of circle back really quick before we go. I want you guys to take a look at this. Uh, if you want to talk about selective outrage, I gotta run real quick, guys. I'll catch up with you guys. Okay. Take care, Thanks, man. Thanks for having me Appreciate on, guys. You guys are the shit. Um. If you want to go look at a little selective outrage, go go do yourself a favor and look at how the Republicans are looking are reacting to this Chinese TikTok thing. That's and right. and the Chinese do what they're saying. You guys got to check this out. We'll talk about it next week. Okay, Chinese. They're saying that we need to shut down TikTok and regulate TikTok because TikTok is owned by the Chinese government or 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 regulated by the Chinese government, and they're getting that they're 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 putting out content that is divisive to Americans, political content with an agenda to divide Americans, and we must do something about it. Last week, they said about Twitter and Elon Musk, hey guys, we know he's got a political agenda and he's out to divide Americans through his social media, but we can't regulate it. It's a private business. So exactly. we have to decide which social media. Oh, we, look, either e either we regulate them both or we regulate none of them and we can have that discussion. But you can't say China bad, Elon good. Hmm, what's the difference? Oh, Elon's your guy and he's exactly. dividing them for your purposes. So it's okay. And then when the, because the FBI comes in and they, they, they go, hold up, we can't do this. This is propaganda. You can't put that up here. We got to check out this FBI. The FBI did their little thing. The FBI is coming in. A week later, the FBI needed to do something about TikTok. Oh, bro, we, we're, talk, we're, we're talking about the same people that when people on the black side say, well, we need to defund the police, 
whether the, you like the term or not, they're like, what? You want to get rid of cops? Oh, look at how these people are anti-law. You can't be anti-law. How dare you be anti-law? Now you say with Trump and Republicans, you know what? I don't think we really need the FBI or the CIA. Or any of this. I, I think we need to fund them. I need to get, we need to get rid of them. I'm, 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 I'm anti that law. You know, so anyway, it's bananas. But selective outrage. It is selective outrage, period. So, all right, you guys, we got to get ready to bounce. You know what to do. You know when to check us out. Ian. That's the name of this title, Selective Outrage. The title of this episode will be Selective Outrage, Paul. All right, guys, every Thursday at noon Pacific time on, on facebook.com slash critical and thinking, please let people know. I'm going to share the page right now. Get people to like this page, get on the page, check out the page, uh, and then you can watch and download our, our, our iPod, our our. our our podcasts on anything like iTunes, any of those podcast purveyors, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that. So every Monday night, download the podcast, like, share, subscribe, and go to the facebook.com slash critical and thinking where all the videos live. You can watch them forever on there. Well, go back and watch all your all the old episodes if you want. We'll see you guys later. We're super late. Thank you, Paul, for doing this while at Disneyland. That's why we were having some issues. And oh shit, I didn't know that. No, yeah, I think that's what he said man. he was. He was something like that. Anyway, thank you, bro. Have a great uh, one, guys. Critical Thinking Podcast, Ty Barnett. Ian Harris, we'll see you guys. Peace. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.